and welcome to the Booth and Rawcast. My name is Rory Thomas. You may have heard my voice on the Every Step Along the Way podcast. However, you'll be welcome to my own platform right here on Spotify, where myself and a co-host will take, talk about Stoke City Games, the academy and the women's team, appearing when they play also international sides, England men and women. Today, I'm joined by Andy Blintzen, who is also familiar with the podcast world. How are you, Andy? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Excited for the season to start and obviously the start of this new podcast. Yes, we'll be talking about that further into the episode. You can find the group on Facebook by simply searching the Booth and Rawcast and click join and we will accept your invitation, where you can have open discussions about the games when I post match reports after each game which are open to discussions and your views spread across politely. So without further ado, let's crack on with it. In today's episode, we will be reviewing the Everton versus Stoke game. And we'll also be looking at the women's team and the academy. So at the weekend, we played our last pre-season friendly against Premier League side Everton, where we Unfortunately, lost 1-0 in the last minute of injury time, which, to be fair, it was an unlucky goal. Mark Travis slipped to the side and it got shot straight past him. To me, we could have easily kept it 0-0 and I personally saw us as the better side. Not just Stoke fans, but Everton fans have also said that we looked the Premier League side which I couldn't agree more. Now, Andy, what did you think of the game? I can't disagree with you. We held off a Premier League side, if you include added time, for pretty much 100 minutes. And, you know, the goal we conceded was a bit scrappy, but, you know, when haven't we conceded scrappy goals later on? And I think the last 10 minutes of the game showed fitness even Everton not being the best Premier League side and I think they will struggle this year but you could still see that there is still a big gap between both of us even though we were the better side and you know considering we've brought in strikers who can score Brownie had a couple of chances which he couldn't finish off and you know with us being linked to potentially having another striker coming in I wouldn't be surprised to probably see him go out I'll be honest. Now, a lot of people have said this on touching on the topic of Jacob Brown and Tyrese Campbell. A lot of people have said, bringing in these new strikers now, will we see one of them go? And if you had to let one of them go, which one would you let go? I I don't really know. Like, they both have their own attributes. Like, for example, Tyrese, I think he's the the best finisher at the club, playing influential across that front front line because he can play in either wing and up front by himself. Brownie, I don't know, I love the guy. I love his enthusiasm. I love how much he can just keep running till the final whistle, but he doesn't really have an end product. And I know he was a top scorer a couple seasons back, but he didn't exactly have the strongest team around him, which probably made him look better than he is. So to be honest... If I was to see one of them go, it would be Brownie. Yeah, I think, obviously, if, say, Tyrese Campbell was to go, he's got a a year, a season left on his contract, I believe, right by saying. And I think we'll lose him on a free next season if we don't let him go this season. But how much would you willingly let him go for? Considering what players have gone for this season, like, look at Giocarez at Coventry. I think he went for about £20 He's not quite that calibre, but I'd say if we can push it to maybe 7 or £8 I think that is an absolutely, you know, an offer you can't turn down. And considering we played Everton, who want Tyrese... You know, it could have been a little trial for him. Yeah, I think a lot of fans have said that they feel like Tyrese Campbell was a bit of a try hard to see if what Everton will do. But I think the most he'll go for is probably 10 mil. I mean, he's worth it. He has his really good games. And honestly, he is someone that I think we'll definitely notice once and if he goes. Yeah, I think he's a 
dark horse for being top scorer this season. Because considering he's not really had a proper full season since he came back from his injury, if we can have the you know COVID season Tyrese with the squad he's got around him now, I can easily see him scoring 20 goals this year. Yes, definitely. I think he's had what I'd say, especially at the start of pre-season of a lifetime, to be honest, for him, scoring four goals in the opening two matches. I think it's what we need. We need a goal scorer. But we also need someone who's going to put that sort of that front on the line. And I think him being on the left is what's best. I think on the right, there's not a chance. No, it's what Alex Neal likes to do. He sort of plays inverted wingers. Like Tyrese, if we go back to, for example, Coventry last season, he scored his goal in the second half, but also he assisted Brownie in the first half, crossing over from the left-hand side. And to be fair, if you've got a left-footed player on the left-hand side who can also use his right foot, and then you have the opposite on the other side, if you've got a goal scorer in that box, you're sorted. And to be fair, with Wesley's coming in and that, is it Mai or May or however you pronounce his name? I know John who pronounced it as Mar on it. Mar, that's a new one. He put it on as Ryan Mar. Now I don't know if you know. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. But a lot of people around us have gone. It's Mar. I got told it's Mai. A lot of people have said me. I think we just need to wait for the interview to come out. Yeah, once we actually know his pronunciation, I think we'll be fine. But. He can play as a winger as well. So you've got Vidigal. If Tyree stays, you've got him. You've got Wright Phillips potentially rotating in and around. You've got Wesley and you've got Gale or Brown. Because I think, like we say, with players leaving, it's going to be either one of them going. And to be fair, I know we've said this for seasons upon seasons. That strike force scares me for other teams. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of other fans, say from Birmingham and Cardiff, have all said, well, given what we expected to come to last season is definitely like we don't we're I think our squad isn't going to be as I think they're going to be a lot more worried about what what's going to get faced by them um, and what's going to be put in front of them now moving on from Tyrese Campbell and Jacob Brown because I feel like we could go on forever about them too Wesley's chances that he created we were very lucky not to get that goal past Jordan Pickford in the second half I'd agree with you Wesley um he comes with, obviously, not the best goal-scoring record, but that's because he had his injury. I don't know whether you've seen the photo of him with Ashley Young and what his knee looks like after the injuries. Yeah, that was from three years ago. And to be fair, with the strength that he's got, you could see him holding off James Tarkovsky, who isn't a weak defender. And if he can do that, he might be the target man that we need. And I know people wrote him off before he came here. But seeing him play his first, I'd, I'd say competitive game considering it's against a Premier League side, but considering he's playing his first game properly for about a year or so, he, he seems like the player we've been needing. Oh, definitely. And I think alongside, obviously, you've got, you've, he's, he is a player that we need. And obviously, I can't wait to see how he's going to shine this season. And I think a lot of people came down to the Stoke Ground on Saturday personally just to see the new signings. I mean, given the fact that we had what? four, five, if not more of the new signings in that lineup, And then the, to be brought on again in the second half, I think, wow. But can we just talk about Vidigal's speed? Wow. <laughs> He's rapid. He is yeah, so quick. He's so speedy. I saw one him at the... at the top of the pitch and then next one he's down the bottom and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I saw him at the Burton pre-season and to be fair, I know it's the league below. But he was just running past them like there was no tomorrow. Like, you cannot stop that man. And if he can get used to the English game, I fear for opposition teams. Couldn't agree more. Now, let's talk about Ben Pearson. 
a lot of people were quite concerned of him not being in the squad on Saturday. But all is well. He just reported a minor injury concern and Alex Neal didn't want to risk it given the fact that the season starts next Saturday. So did you think that he was a big loss on Saturday? I do. I feel like he's one of those players who can sit just in front of the defence. And I feel like before he came here on loan last season, it's one player we've been missing to do that. Like I know we've had Jordan Cousins and we've had Jordan Thompson do it at times. But Ben Pearson, that's his role, and he will do the dirty work that some defenders won't do. And to be fair, if you yeah. need him to get up as well, he will do that, and he will have a shot from distance. And to be fair, when he has a shot from distance, it might not always go in, but my God, can he get power behind that shot? Yeah, and I think if we can get someone on the end of the shot, then I think we'll be well away. You touched on Jordan Thompson there. Um, a lot of people, a lot of fans especially, would be happy to see Jordan Thompson go given his performance over the past couple of games. What are your thoughts on that? Nah, he's he's quite a versatile player. Obviously, he can play centre-mid. He's played at left wing-back when needed. He's obviously played at defensive mid as well. And to be fair, he's one of those players who, if you need someone to cover for a bit, he can do it. But, you know, we've got, you know, Josh Laurent, Lewis Baker, when he's fully fit, I feel like he's not at his form because of his injury, which he's recently had surgery for, which I don't think he wanted to really worry the fans with. So if you can get a fully fit Lewis Baker back, then you've got Daniel Johnson, Ben Pearson, Josh Laurent, which makes him sixth in the pecking order now. It makes you think because obviously Sol Sadibi's coming through the ranks as well and seeing him in preseason, I would actually put actually. him above Jordan Thompson. I was just about to touch on Sol Sadibi, who also had a higher rating than Jordan Thompson. And he was rated a seven and Jordan Thompson was rated a six. Now, these are put out by Pete Smith after every game. I think that just shares it all, shares, shows it all. A 16-year-old has been rated higher than, what, 29, 30-year-old, I want to say? I think he's 26. He's oh, not quite okay. that old. <laughs> That's disrespect. Yeah, OK, my bad. So to, uh, compared to a 26-year-old and a 16-year-old, I think it's it's crazy talent. And I think Salsa Dibi is going to go so far in the Stoke squad, especially now. Do you think he'll get sent out on loan for this season? I don't know. Like, for example, I, I don't exactly want to touch on Emre and Nathan Lowe, but I feel like they're going to play a bit apart this season, for example. Potentially even just in cup games. But Alex Neal likes to use his youth, and I feel like if Sol Sadibi's been impressing in pre-season, why, why would he not be given a chance? Like He's played against league one side in Burton and Derby. He's played against the Premier League opposition in Everton. He's played in a second-tier Spanish side against Levante. He hasn't exactly not impressed, and to be fair... I wouldn't mind seeing him in around the matchday squad quite a bit. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We'll touch on the academy more in just a little while. But let's talk about the Ben Wilmot and Michael Rose link up on the back line. Wow. That it's, is... It's a good partnership. The amount of that I saw people going, how was the match and everyone's... Wilmot and Rose, Wilmot and Rose. I think with a squad that we've got in the back line of them two, I think it's going to be crazy because we lined up with a 4-3-3 on Saturday and then at the back I think Keon Hoover was at the back with them as well yeah, um, Keon Hoover was at right back and we had Stevens yeah, at left back I think we've got a good back line and that's one of the things that going into pre-season and the transfer window the fans were extremely worried about is the goalkeeper the the back line of we haven't got a strong back line at all and come come the last game of the season it was woeful 
But yeah, now I think was. I think now we've got the we've got who we've got, and I think if we bring more in, I know Alex Neil wants to bring two left backs in, another striker. Obviously, he said mid teens, so that could be what fourteen to sixteen, maybe even seventeen uh, potentially. Yeah, but I think with the back line that we've got now, I think we're going to put a scare to Rotherham on Saturday. Yeah, I'd say so. A lot of people I've been seeing on Twitter with their predicted teams for the season coming up have been putting Michael Rose as sort of a backup to Wilmot, but Michael Rose is a player who has helped Coventry get to the championship and then he's also helped them get to the playoff final which they did lose and I know there's a defender at the moment Jonathan Panzo I think wants to leave Nottingham Forest and we are apparently one of the clubs in the race for it obviously Rangers are in that race so he'll probably go there but if Twan Zebe is still free if he wants to take quite a hefty pay cut I don't see why we don't take a risk on him you know he might only be playing 15-16 games a season for us but he's one of those players that say for example Rose does get injured or Wilmot does he can cover in that gap yeah I think especially because with Wilmot doing his back last season I think there's always a precaution of that can again go at any time so I suppose we do need that backup I think given the pre-season that we've had and the transfer window, I think we've still got yet to come. I think we'll be flying come September, October, and I think it's the squad need to gel in as well, and I think fans are willing to give them a chance if we lose, say, the first two, three games. That's the squad still gelling in. Alex Neal has said that also, and we've got the potential signing of Josh Anama. What are you thinking about that? That's one of the players that I was going to touch on with the Jordan Thompson situation. He's he's a better player than Thompson. He might be more attacking, so he might rotate around a bit with, with Johnson. But, you know, at the end of the day, there are players who will give their all for the club, but sadly don't have, you know, strong enough ability. Like, for example, let's go to the Morgan Fox when he left. He did great for the six, seven months that he was relied on, but he's at a club now which is more his level. There's club players who we've had who've dropped down massively in leagues when we thought they had the quality and then they've struggled in a league or two below. And I feel like for John Thompson, he needs to go to a club where he'll get game time because he has got the quality, but I don't think he'll be getting much game time if at all here at Stoke. No, and I think we don't want to be able, because I don't want it to be another Sam Lucas because I've got a feeling that He's going to bench, and then when he com- comes on, is he going to be the help that the squad need? Yeah, like Sam Klukas at the moment still hasn't found a club, which obviously says a lot about his ability. Yes, and he's, he's not a bad footballer because he was our top scorer a couple of years back. But, you know, when a player stops getting played and then they get put on the bench and then they're only bought on for 10, 15 minutes every couple of games or so, it happens, like, for example, look at look at Powell, quality player, but when he was only bought off the bench, you sort of stop caring. You don't want that to happen. But going exactly. on about the whole squad as a whole, you need to obviously realise that a lot of them who've come in haven't played English football before. That Ryan May, May, Mia, however you want to say it. That's a lot of his real saying. We, 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 I'll, I'll just call him Ryan for now on, I think. Yes. But at the end of the day, he's come in. He might not have played English football, but he's played Europa League football for the past couple of seasons. Vidigal, he's quick, and to be fair, once he gets used to the physicality of the league, I think he'll be fine. Wesley's not properly played football for a bit, but he's going to be good. And then Chiquinho, I've heard from Wolves fans that he is the Adama Traore, but without the strength. And if, yeah. if you have him and Vidigal either wing, <laughs> you need someone like Wesley in the box to just tap him in. So let's just quickly touch on the attendance. Now, the stadium was 10,481, which to me looked like there was a lot more in there. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite good for a pre-season game, considering yeah. I, when I went to, 
I don't think it was last year, but there was a pre-season game, I think, against Aston Villa, and there was only about 6,000 there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, Stoke fans especially, know what the club have got coming. And I don't want to dob anybody in, but when Everton scored, there was a fan sat behind me, two to be precise, with an Everton shirt on. <laughs> and also spotted was a Spurs fan. Bearing a Spurs in mind, fan? We were playing Everton. Not my oh. words, but it's been spotted. Now, we had 51% possession and Everton had 49. Now, that doesn't surprise me that we're stoked to have more possession because we like to play on the ball quite a lot, but we just can't finish the chances. No, like Keanu Hoover had a cross in with Brownie on the end of it. Brownie sadly couldn't get there. And I think there was one where it was only about eight or nine minutes in where Tyrese and Jacob were running down and neither of them really wanted to have a shot. And, you know, if we could have buried those chances, it could have helped so much with morale. And to be fair, like I've said, considering we held them off for near enough 100 minutes, it's one of them where we... I, I took that defeat and I wasn't upset coming back from a defeat for like the first time in my life. Yeah, I think especially given last season, you think, oh, no, another defeat. I think now it's, right, it's pre-season. We've done well with fitness. We've done well to keep a Premier League side off hold. I think we've got a lot of positives to take. And I know that's Alex Neal's mindset. And I think we've got a good squad. Now, we've got a brilliant squad. Oh, definitely. Shall we move on to the women's? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Very, very exciting topic of conversation, I think. Definitely. I think I love the squads that we have for the women's team is phenomenal. Now, both development team and the first team won this weekend. I'll quickly touch on the development team as I was there. And do you want to touch on the first team? I can do, yes. Okay, so before before we move on to the fixtures first, let's talk about them going semi-pro. They will be playing in the National League this season with some unbelievable teams. This is going to be such a good season for the women's team. And personally for me, I cannot wait to be there and watch the games. No, it's going to be brilliant. There's teams such as Newcastle, Nottingham Forest, West Brom Wolves. There we go then. So I think we've got some incredible fixtures coming up, especially when we play Newcastle away. Wow, that is, that is one to look forward to. I think they are the first professional side in this lowdown in women's football, if I'm correct in saying. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure you are right, yes. I'll do my uh, research. So, also appointed this season. Now, I do apologise if this name is wrongly pronounced. Former Republic Island International Maria Horian has been Hura- appointed. Is it Hurahan, I believe? Hurahan has been appointed yeah. as the head coach or alongside, I'm sure, I won't say Angela Smith and Lou Roberts. I believe so. so incredible incredible coaches we've got the headset on we've got the mindset they know exactly what they want with this team and I think with the support they've got now and I think with the backing that Ricky Martin wants of this club I think they're going to go far Ricky Martin's managing to get the men's side and I remember it was when we sort of had the last meet the board event he said that it's going to be a Stoke City 2.0 and if that's the case I, I expect to see us in the WSL in probably five, six years' time, if not sooner. That will be my words of magical. Fixtures. Newcastle Town hosted Stoke's development team on Sunday. 
down at the Red Industry Stadium at Lyme Valley. If you are local, you will probably know where I'm talking about. But pre-season friendly, we Stoke Development Team won 3-2. Now, Stoke took the lead in the first half with Lauren Wilshaw and Newell Ms. Keel, which I think was, them goals were gorgeous. And Lauren Wilshaw had a chance in the last minute and, as she, in her words, she nearly snapped her ankle. But she didn't. However, the goal didn't go in, but it was a gorgeous attempt. Newcastle Town quickly took, the, took a draw in the second half. However, Lily Ray brought back the lead for Stoke's development team. It was a great win for pre-season and they will be facing Wrexham away next Sunday. Tell us about the first team, Andy. So, yeah, the Vermin's first team did play Leafield Athletic away where they did run out 4-0 winners. And Rosen Kivel, one of your favourite women's players, managing to get a goal. Abby Hunt grabbing two and there was an own goal for Leafield Athletic. And to be fair, considering both teams come out with a win, it, it's what you want to see. And Stoke have played Leafield Athletic before in, in FA Cup rounds for the women's and they're not exactly an easy team to beat. So it's great to see the women's team are, you know, doing what the men are doing and putting in good results. Yeah, I think Newcastle Town aren't the easiest team to beat. I've been down there a few times and they put up a really good front. Now, the first team will be facing Middlesbrough at home at Clayton Wood. However, we are believed to think that the game is behind closed doors. Now, it's a shame. I'm sure that is right because on the fixture list, it also says behind closed doors. Now, I think this women's team, Rosin Kibble, wow, top goal scorer last season. I think she's going to shine again this season. Along with Abby Hunt, she scores some unbelievable goals. Um, and I think the women's team are going to go far this season, without a doubt. Now, let's talk about the Almighty Academy. Wow. So, some of you may or may not know, if you follow Paul Rain on Twitter, or as it's now called, X, you will see that the under-14s team beat Blackburn Rovers 2-1 in the Ray Cup final in Iceland. Now, I hope they had better weather than what we did this weekend. <laughs> it was awful, wasn't it? It was dreadful. I was hoping not to get soaked at the Everton game, but luckily the sun came out. That was, I'm sure that that's the second time this cup's been won now by the academy, and wow. Didn't they win what... it last season as well? Yes, 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 we yeah. did. What an academy we have got. We have got the best academy around. That might be biased of me to say. It's a bold one, that. <laughs> However, I don't want to not thingy because we have got a good academy. And it's academy that we've got some great staff working with and we have got the great facilities for them to be able to play at. I mean, if you want to look oh. at some players who come through that academy, we've already touched them on Salsadibi. 16, yeah. professional contract. And to be fair, I think he's made his first, you could say, minutes for Stoke before Emre and Nathan loaded, and they were highly rated out of that academy. Highly, highly rated. So yeah. if we can produce, keep producing talent like that, I think we're going to be okay for the future. Emre Tezgal is currently out for probably another couple of weeks with a tear, unfortunately. However, all looks to be good and he shall be back in no time. And Nathan Lowe, what a baller. He scores some unbelievable goals. He does, he does. He will hopefully 
touch wood, he will be down with the first team soon. He was on the bench. He did play in the under-21s fixture on Friday, who beat who drew 2-2 to Fleetwood Town, Ben Kershaw and Demarjo Rat Phillips with the goal, with the two goals for Stoke. And they are Kershaw back scored a 25-yard dreamer yeah, as well. They are back in action when you are watching this today, but Tuesday the 1st of August at Clayton Woods, which we are yet to know whether fans are being welcome. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think Nathan Lowe and Amir Tezgal have got some godly chances in this team. Do, I think they, they both fight for the same position. However, they work together as a really good team. Yeah. They've worked together for the under-21s, and I feel like if you look at how the first team's going to set up, Ryan Mai is probably going to be sat in behind Wesley if they play together. Wesley, target man, Ryan Mai is sort of a quicker, skillful player. If we have both of them line up in the future, you could have Emery sat in behind Nathan Lowe. Oh, it definitely. would work, I believe. Now, former Academy player Luke Redfern has also signed for Hale in Town, who he also played with. He played in a fixture the other day. And good luck to him. He is he played in the first team once, I want to say. I will have yeah. a quick check on that. I think he was on the bench a few times. I know that for a fact. And I've seen him play with the Academy and he has got he does make some good chances. Yeah, he did come in obviously last July and you know, he's only had this year here but you know from what when he was playing in that academy from midfield 16 games two goals can't exactly complain with that no we cannot complain with that now is there anything else you want to touch on given we have touched on quite a bit this episode already it might not be in the original plan but stoke city as of recording have just released the ticket information for it switch away finally tomorrow morning yeah, so as this is released, you have two hours because it's from nine o'clock you can get your tickets from. We've been given um, a 2000 allocation. Wow. Isn't I too bad. Know. If you want to get your tickets, you've got the order of, if you're a season ticket card holder with 120 or more points, you can get them from the 1st of August. If you're just a normal season ticket holder from the 3rd of August, if you're a member, so you're a non-season card holder, but you're a member, 4th of August and general sale is on the 7th. Yes, and quickly, on the 2nd of August at half past six opening time, Alex Neal, Ricky Martin and John Coates will also be hosting another fans forum with with BBC Radio Stoke. I'll be there. And me, I will be there too. So next up for Stoke is the start of the championship. Now, we will play Rotherham at the Bet365 Stadium on Saturday, where I think what I want to say is going to be a very, very good game for the start of the season. Andy, what are you thinking about this? I feel like it is. Obviously, you look at what we played last season. We lost 1-0, and then we drew 2 all. And, you know, that first game, I don't want to speak about the goal we conceded, but that squad that we had there... The only players which are still at the club are Ben Wilmot, Lewis Baker, Josh Leron. If you want to count Dwight Gale, you can count Dwight Gale and Tyrese Campbell and Jordan Thompson. Everyone else isn't there anymore. The next game, obviously, we lost two all. Thompson with the own goal, but Campbell and then their own goal in Peltier with Washington getting a goal for them. So 3-2 on aggregate last season. It's not exactly what we want, but obviously with the signings that we've done, I think it's going to be a lot different this time around. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think if you look back to the actual stud records against Rotherham United, we've won 17 games against them. We've drawn 13 games and we've lost 14 games. Now, I'm glad to see 
for once, we've won more games than lost more games. Yeah, I'll add a little fact into that. The last five, we have drawn three, lost one and drawn and won one. The draws have been two all, two all and three all. And the first ever game with Rotherham United was back all the way back down to 1926 on Christmas Day, where we won 4-0 on our good day out. Now, I'd love to have that again. And I think it's pretty cool how that was on Christmas Day and our last fixture with them was on Boxing Day. Yeah, no, that that is a cool little fact. That is quite funky. And believe it or not, we actually played them again two days later prior to the first fixture with them. We played them on the 27th. Yeah. And we had a draw with them. To be fair, with, with this, that's two days different. With this, we played them at home then away in the two-month gap. Yes. Something but then about rather than two is the way that it goes. Yeah, and we didn't, then, we didn't play them again until 1953. That's a good fact for you all. Now, statistics for us, Andy. You're Mr. Statistics Man. Let's have a look what you've got to say. So, obviously, with what we've done, mentioned about the results, typically one side will score two goals and we speak about this the gap of two it seems to be how it goes obviously we have played them in the championship we played them in the league cup if you go back to that 2-0 win where when Bojan was here and Tom Ince was here that was a good little game we played them in the league division one league division two and league division three and we did have a run where we played them three times in a row in the league cup before we played them in the league again some crazy stats, I think, especially going back to Bojan and Tomin's times, I think it only feels like yesterday. It, it's changed. We bought Tomin's for something like 12 million and Reading have just sold him for 50 grand. I know that is, it's mad how much money goes into football. Statistics, Andy, what have you got with players? Well, obviously we know our transfers which have come in. For Rotherham's transfers out, Obviously, we were linked to that Chesogdi Ogbene, who went to Luton. And another key player for them, Richard Wood, who was their star centre-back, has gone to Doncaster Rovers on a free. And here's a little stat for you. Ex-under-21 Stoke goalkeeper Robbie Hemphrey is now without a contract. The players that they've brought in, though, Cafu from Nottingham Forest, Grant Hall from Middlesbrough, Dylan Phillips from Cardiff, Dexter Lembiska from Wolverhampton, and Fred Onemia from Luton. All good championship players, and I'm surprised to see Cafu go there because I think he was on 40 grand a week at Nottingham Forest, I want to say. Yeah, it does sound quite the money. But, again, was he a good player? I'd say so. From what I saw of him, he was pretty decent. That sounds decent then. Is there any more players that you want to go ahead with? Obviously, previous players that we had. Last season, when playing Rotherham, I know we had Ben Wilmot, Lewis Baker. We had Tariq Fosu play them, and then he went out on loan there. Yes, and then you could say Dwight Gale, I mean, Josh Laron. Anyone else? Lewis Baker was in there, but I don't think he's going to be playing him against them this time. And, you know, like I've said, I feel like Baker still has a good part in this squad. Considering he's captain, I don't know who is going to be captain this season. It's not really I been announced. Josh I think it might be, but at the end of the day, Ben Wilmot's quite controlling at the back. Michael Rose, Ender Stevens, the experienced players, even Ben Pearson. I feel like Ben Pearson as a captain is the type of player I had, we need. I had this discussion the other day. I think we'll have Josh Laurent and then either Ben Pearson or Ben Wilmot as vice captain. Yeah, I'd say so. 
So that's the first episode done with. Now, it's taken a lot to get here for me personally. And I think it is amazing that we finally got here. Now, the group's been running since October. And again, by searching up the Booth and Rawcast on Facebook, you can join. I will also put a link in the description part of this podcast if you just look underneath. I just want to say a massive thank you for listening and thank you to Andy for joining me. It's all right, don't you worry. Um, And we hope to see you tuning in for the next episode where we will also talk more transfer news. Thank you, everybody.